Hello and welcome to the UI Chat podcast from The Interface, the monthly show talking about everything ubiquity and networking. I'm your host Alex and once again I'm joined by Evan McCann. Welcome. How are you doing Evan? Hey, yeah, it's a b- busy month for ubiquity here for sure. Uh, yeah, when we st- when I start the pod- when we start the podcast, I was always I was always a little bit hesitant like is there going to be enough news every month and yet again they've proved us proved us right like there's enough there is definitely enough news to get through um a lot of lot of stuff you've added in the show notes this month i mean ubiquity have had that whisper palooza show um they've had a ton of new products sort of being teased a few of them we talked about as well a lot of new software updates and some other news as well um but the first thing i want to get to is uh there's some follow-ups from last episode so quite hilarious like i think after we finished recording there was a new switch announced just literally after we finished recording. Um, just want to talk about that new switch. Yeah, so that we recorded, I forget exactly which day, but uh, September 20-something. And then, yep. yeah, on the 28th, at least that's when they made it official. Um, so I think a few days before that was, you know, it was it just was added to the store with no announcement, and then Ubiquity officially announced it. But um, it's the, the Pro 8. Um, so it's it's very similar to the Enterprise 8, where it's, it seems to have that same size and even like the same enclosure it basically takes the enterprise 8 removes 2.5 gig support um it actually adds two ports upgrade from poe plus to poe plus plus um so there's a bit more poe availability um but it's basically the same product just you know two and a half gig support yes or no is is the decision there uh and i think it's 349 us i'm not sure what it is for you price wise but um yeah one more switch yeah, it's three forty nine US, and then I wrote an article for the, in- the interface, and then it was three three six euros. At the moment, I'm I'm noticing with the UK store, it sometimes is sometimes is available, and sometimes isn't. It's really odd. Um, so sometimes they kick you back to the European store, and sometimes they make you pay. Oh, it's really really odd. I'm not sure what is going on there. Because um, I ordered something the other day from the, the UK store, and it arrived in a few days. So, but now I, when I go to the UK store now, it's it's in euros again, which is just I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Yeah, they haven't made any announcements about the UK store. It's just been like in and out. In and out for the past few weeks. It's really weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I would assume. Th- I mean, there's clearly something going on behind the scenes, and you you mentioned that they what set up a new company, and I, I'm assuming that they're just having trouble importing product, or that, I'd know, imagine so. Yeah, something yeah. going on there, but that's that's odd. Really strange. Yeah. Anyway, this this new switch is sort of a replacement for the US eight one fifty watt, I guess. So if you're after that sort of form factor and that sort of type of device. I guess that a newer device you go for is probably this Pro Switch. Yeah, well, the, yeah, there's, it's, it, the Ubiquiti Switch, or especially the Unify Switch lineup is, is more crowded than ever, because mm. most of, if not all of the first generation models, which are, you know, some of them are getting near 10 years old at this point. Um, I think the first rack mount models came out in like 2014 with early yeah, Unify days. But yeah, so all, almost all of those are still available. Um, they have the first generation XG, like the XG6 PoE, um, the XG16. Um, and then they have like the light models from the second generation. They have the regular rack mount models from the second generation. They have the Pro, they have the Enterprise, and then they have a couple different, yeah, like desktop size switches like this. So Enterprise, the Pro, they have the light, they have the first gen. Like if you're looking for like an eight port switch, it's like, which of these seven or eight ones do I want to get? Um, the Pro 8's nice. I mean, it has all of the, you know, all of the good stuff from the second generation. Uh, it has layer three features. Um, and yeah, it has that small size. So, you know, unless, if, if you don't have a network equipment rack, this is kind of one of the, you know, bigger 
switches you can get um, this and the light switches and the Enterprise uh, 8 but yeah it's um, I actually I know you wrote about it on the interface and I, I took a look at some I, I used it as an excuse to look at all the other unified switches that are similar and I also looked at a bunch of competition so you know what does Aruba Instant on what does TP-Link Amada um, Cisco small business like what what do other equipment vendors have because I know a lot of people were complaining that it's a pro switch and it doesn't have 2.5 gig support even though the enterprise does for what, $120 extra so I was just seeing like is there something else out there that's similar shape similar price that does have 2.5 gig um, I think Netgear Netgear has something that's even cheaper that has 2.5 gig Microtech has some um, and then of course the, the enterprise stuff and actually Cisco small business is fairly competitive too but yeah there's no shortage of options for small desktop switches yeah and I like the the mounting things they're doing for the light switch and the this new switch as well well the enterprise I guess as well it's got that template that you put on the wall first and then screw it to the wall and then you can slot the switch in rather than have to fumble with I think on the 8 150 watt switch you've got the rack ears and you can turn them backwards and you can mount the thing to the wall so I appreciate the the improved mounting on these new switches now, and I think if you're after, as you said, if you if you've got a deployment where there's like one or two switches in different random places and you haven't got a rack mount, this is this is ideal. So yeah, and yeah, or just um, what's it's weird that the Pro has um, 802.3BT, like the 60 watt PoE plus mm. plus. They have two of those ports. Um, so I know that like Cody mentioned, there's especially some of the newer I think like access devices like the. I don't know if the UA hub, um, uh, you know, the doorbell, some of that stuff requires, you know, they, they can't um, be powered by just PoE plus. Mm. So it's nice that has that. And it's just, it makes the enterprise not having that seem a little bit weird. So there's, there's some interesting little details, but um, nice switch otherwise. Yeah, definitely. And then the next thing that you, I think um, you mentioned you managed to convince Ubiquiti to rename a switch just, I didn't. I haven't followed what that is actually about, but do you want to just explain that? Yeah, uh, kind of a joke. This I think <laughs> it was like a day or two after we recorded. I was just um, and because of the the Pro Eight out, I was looking through all the switch models, and I I was looking at the we talked about it last time the models, especially a lot of the Gen One models got renamed. So the 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 skew is still the same. It's still US dash XG dash six PoE. This is an old first gen XG switch. Um, but they renamed it with, um, it was, uh, I don't remember exactly what they called it. Let me bring that up. Yeah, they called it 6X10GBE, SFP Plus Gen 1. And I was like, I just like, to me, why would you rename a product that's been out for five years? So I, I just made a, a stupid little crappy post on their Reddit. And curiously, like two hours later, the, the US store product re was renamed. So I, I think just by pointing that out, maybe like some intern just decided to rename it or Lord knows what happened there. But yeah. I, I just made a stupid joke post and then I noticed that the, the name went back to what it was. So you're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> could have been coincidental, but it, I guess that with the revamps of the store, I guess maybe new people are working on it and not too sure what some of the products were, I guess, or I'm not sure what's happening there, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Quite funny. anyway. Yeah, just on the, the side note, I'm just wondering. I do wonder why they're keeping a lot of the old stuff in the store still. As long as, like, if they're replacing stuff, he's mentioned some of the rack mount switches are coming on to ten years old now. Just wondering when they'll 
cut the old stuff out of the store. It seems odd to me. Yeah, and I, I don't know if they're still producing that. Like, I would, I, I don't want to spend a couple hundred bucks and figure this out for my own, but, like, I wonder if, if you go to their store, buy a first-gen Switch, was it something that was produced three years ago and it's just sitting in a warehouse, or are they still manufacturing those? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm assuming people still buy them, and that's why they're still making them and still selling them. Um, for old yeah. Switches, I mean, a gigabit Switch with PoE or not, like, it's not that's... not really out of date, really. Yeah, it's not really out of date. Um, the more curious thing is they still sell like AC Wave One, like the the AC Light, the AC mm. In Wall. Those are old access points, and of course, Ubiquity doesn't typically reduce their prices. So you can get an AC In Wall for ninety nine, um, or like an AC Pro for one fifty, or you can get a, a Wi Fi six version for the you know similar price. Mm. So I think I think the old access points are probably the thing I would think that should go away. Old Switch is probably not a big deal, but yeah, they, they do love to hold on to old product. Just before we get started on the Ubiquity news, I just want to take a little time to remind you to review the show if possible. Uh, so thanks everyone who has been listening to this podcast. Me and everyone look forward to coming back every month to provide our takes on the latest Ubiquity updates. We would really appreciate it if you could re- review this show in the podcast app you're listening in, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anything else. If you're watching our gorgeous faces on YouTube, make sure to leave a comment and hit that like button. It really helps other people find this show. Without further ado, let's get back to the Ubiquiti news. Don't, and what, what's the thing on YouTube? Don't forget to, to smash that bell for yeah. notifications, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so I can't remember exactly when this was. It was, must be a few weeks ago now. But we had Whisperpalooza. So for the uninitiated, uh, Whisperpalooza is an annual event that is hosted in a hotel in Las Vegas, I guess. I've never been. Um, but it's basically a load of Wisp nerds and Wisp folk uh, just sort of descend on a hotel in, in Vegas. Uh, and... Ubiquiti haven't been there for the past few years, I don't think. They made an appearance back in 2016. Uh, someone I used to work with went to that event and they launched a load of, load of stuff. Um, but they've they had an event there, and, and I think Robert Perro was there as well. Uh, he's been making the rounds in different events lately. Uh, but there's a load of new Ubiquiti consoles. Some of them we talked about on the show an episode or two ago. Um, we've got the Unify Express, um, other devices as well. So what have, we, what have we seen at that event? Yeah, so... There's, as far as I can tell, there's four. Um, the the two that we knew about before and the two that they showed off at, at the trade show uh, are the Unify Express UX and then the next-gen Gateway Lite. That's the UXG Lite. So I, I, we talked talk about these last time or, or mm-hmm. two shows ago. Yep. Um, they've been kind of kicking around in the software and you know we've seen FC, FCC yep. um, filings for these. So as far as I can tell, the Unify Express and the little... You know, they had like a, a little card showing what the device was at, at the show. So the Unify Express is it's a Unify OS console, one gig WAN, one gig LAN. So there's only two Ethernet ports. It has built-in Wi-Fi six. It has a little small display. It runs Unify Network, and then at least this was new to me. It it can also act as like just an access point. It'll it'll mesh oh. to an existing Unify network. Okay. So that's what I assume. Like the Unify Express, it's either like it's either an all-in-one get you started. You know, I'd assume it'd be a cheap little device, um, so you could you could start your network there. But you can mm. also just plug it in and add it to an existing Unify network. I think that's mm. at least you know we'll learn more. But that that's the interesting part to me about that device now. Yeah. Um, the next gen Gateway Lite is it's more of a standard um, replacement for the USG, I believe, where it's only a gateway. I don't believe it runs the Unify network application, so it's not a console. It's it's just a router firewall gateway it has a one gig wan a one gig lan and it uses usb c for power 
uh, which is nice. But yeah, no Wi-Fi, no applications running. It's just a small, you know, it, it, it's what we've been asking for for a very long time, which is like, hey, make a new uh, USG. So those mm. are the two that were at the show, at least. Yeah. Um, and then the other two, I know someone was going through the, I think it was like the beta Unify network application and found, you know, they, a lot of people sometimes find new devices by looking at like the icons in there. So someone found one called the Unified Dream Router Ultimate, um, which is, yeah, we don't really know much about this. And, uh, you know, sometimes devices get out of there and they never get released. You know, that, that's definitely happened. So as far as, as far as I know, there's no like confirmation. There's no FCC filing. We don't know if this device is ever going to come out or, or when, but it probably won't be for a while, even if it does. Mm. But the Dream Router Ultimate, it's kind of just an upgraded UDR um, so we don't know specs, but we can kind of speculate where, you know, if you look at the UDR and, and what's limiting about it, it's a $200 all-in-one console. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a weird, better than Dream Route, or sorry, UDM base. You know, the, the, um, it's better than the UDM in some ways, but it's also cheaper. The big limit of the UDR is how many applications you can run. It only has a dual core CPU. So I'd assume the Dream Router Ultimate would have, you know, either a quad core, you know, something, you know, it has more CPU power, um, it could have two and a half gig Ethernet. It could have more PoE. It could support more protect cameras or, or more applications at one time. Um, and it might be because the UDM is older but more expensive. So I, I, I would think maybe the UDM would go away and it would it would slot in there like three four hundred dollars. But it's all speculation. But that icon was found. Um, and then also the the other one that I actually found because I I was looking to see where those icon files are. So I downloaded mm-hmm. the latest. Uh, early access, and I found the folder called UDM ENT, so like UDM Enterprise, and that icon file, it looks like it's a standard rack width, um, and you can even make out the Enterprise label. So th- this maybe just is like a tier above a UDM SE, so, you know, h- higher PoE power, or probably, sorry, probably no PoE power, um, but higher bandwidth interfaces. So it, it looks like it has four SFP and, and two um, Ethernet, so it could be SFP 28, like a 25 gigabits per second interface. It could be four SFP plus. Um, again, no confirmation, no FCC filing, but this could be coming. But all of these these four devices, two of which we are fairly confident are coming soon, and two might not come at all or, or might not come for a while. But they're they're definitely uh, <laughs> really investing in gateways, and uh, a lot more products are coming soon. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I found with the UDM Enterprise is the fact this hasn't got a hard drive tray. I was wondering if that could have been like I saw the picture you sent me. That could have been um like a UXG Enterprise, I was thinking as well, like a very high-end sort of replacement for the UXG. What was the thing called? USG uh XG, I think from ages ago. So it could be the yeah. replacement for that because that was sort of very short-lived. It was about a year it stayed around. But the fact that it is called UDM as well there might be like a uxg spin-off as well hopefully but we'll see yeah that's that's the other with all these products and and naming like it, you're trying to kind of mm. read read their mind because a lot of the stuff isn't official yet uh to me the udm enterprise i mean udm to us means it's a console so mm-hmm. it means it at least runs the unify network application if not all the other software and the other thing that um could tie in with this is the cloud key enterprise where that is just a big, big A server mm. <laughs> that only runs the network application, so it doesn't run Protect, et cetera. It's, it's meant for 
large network only installs. So that's what I would think the UDM enterprise is where, yeah, it doesn't run protect yet. It doesn't run access all the other software, but it's just a big dedicated firewall for high bandwidth, a lot of devices. I would assume that it, it does run, you know, the unified network software, but what we don't know. Okay. Be interesting. Yeah. The one thing I, I saw with the um, next gen gateway light, that'd be really cool. I, I guess they wouldn't do it, but the LAN port, I was hoping that would have um, PoE in. So to avoid mm. the avoid the need for USB-C, because I don't know, in a like a smaller deployment, I don't know how you would get that on a UPS without just using like a phone adapter for it that it'll come with, and using like a like a power socket for it. You couldn't tie it in with anything else. Um, but PoE in for the the gate would be quite cool. But I'd imagine not having that would be another decision. But not sure. Yeah, I mean USB-C. I'm I'm happy to see that over uh, like a DC barrel plug mm. or. USB micro or some oh, yeah. and stuff. Um, I think what the cloud key can't, I mean, that could be powered by PoE in. Doesn't that have USB-C as it well? It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And I think um, there might be a switch. I'm, I'm blanking that is USB-C powered. Um, uh, but yeah, PoE in. Flex Mini. Yeah, Flex Mini. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, PoE in would be nice. Um, but in general, I, I think people are just, <laughs> they, they want this product to be out. Um, if yes. it's POE in or not, it's just like, give it to me because uh, yeah. it's been long overdue. Yeah, and also, if you are getting it, it's going to replace some USG deployment and you've already got, that's already powered like a three pin, uh, sorry, like a raw power socket only. And you just, just swap that out for the USB-C and it sort of gives you more flexibility. And if you wanted to really, if you had, well, if you, if you had that device, you probably wouldn't be using the USG little one. But if you had the Smart Power Pro, it's got some USB put USB C ports on it, so yeah, we shall see. But yeah, some good additions to the lineup. I'm going to see what comes soon. But it was in, I find it interesting that they just show them off in public and didn't, with no prior announcement or anything. So well, yeah, I guess, I guess this is kind of their new strategy now that now the EA. I mean, EA was normally the way that we learned about upcoming products. Now that EA is gone, mm. um, I mean, we still have the FCC filings, which are you know that's required by law you, you those kind of things are you can't avoid but yeah maybe, maybe they'll be more open about you know making youtube videos about op upcoming products or or posts on the community forums or we'll see them at trade shows and they'll show hey this is coming soon so maybe they're they're still experimenting with that but it's it's good to see so many new options pop up um, i'm just excited to you know see them get released oh yeah definitely now there's tons of software stuff <laughs> uh, this month there's lots and lots of things we had uh, quite a lot of updates to the network application, unified talk improvements, so some also some edge switch and USB switch improvements as well. Uh, should we get started with the sort of the main, well, the most important one? It was Unify 7.5.187, and that's got support for PPSK. And then I think when that came out, uh, I, was, I had no idea what that was. Uh, never heard of it <laughs> before, but um, I since played with it and done a, a video for Hostify, but. Um, I guess you've have you had a chance to mess around with PPSK yet? A little bit. Uh, you said you used it. I mean, do you want to explain what PPSK is? Yeah, sure. So um, it basically means that you can have it's sort of a standard of the WPA2 or WP, and well, it doesn't work with WPA3 yet, uh, but just WPA2. And it basically means you can have one SSID. Uh, so imagine you had like an office, you just have uh, like just random office SSID, and you can have uh, I'm not sure the maximum amount of passwords you can have, but basically you can have different passwords. And whatever password you put into a device, it routes you through a different VLAN. So you could have, I don't know, uh, one SSID, and then you could give the guests a different password, give your staff a different password, and 
it sort of declutters everyone's Wi-Fi list on their phone, so you don't have to go through and try and find and search for those SSIDs you want. You just say, oh, I'll just give you those passwords. So it's like intelligent VLAN routing, I guess. Um, it seems seemed pretty good, and I tested it a few times. It, it seemed to work pretty well. I'm not sure how it would work with guest portals. I guess you still have to have a separate SSID for that. Um, it seems like a good, a good addition. I think, judging by some posts I read on the forums, that it, it's a much-requested feature for quite a number of years. But I'd, I'd never heard of that feature before, but it, it's good, though. Yeah, and it's it's um, it's not a new standard. I, I mean, there are maybe 10 years ago, I think it was added to WPA2. Oh, really? And yeah, there's there's an old RFC about you know the initial idea for it. So it's not new. Um, it's just new to Unify, and mm -hmm. I think it's kind of been... Yeah, new to this type of networking because it's it's been like an enterprise level, you know, like I'm sure Cisco probably did this years ago. Mm. Um, but as far as like small business kind of networking, um, I'm, I, I that's what I was curious about is like, does Omada support this? Does Aruba Instant On? Um, do other vendors support it? I did see that Alta Labs, the kind of new <laughs> uh, just getting started company, they have something very similar, but it goes a bit further. Where their their version of this, um, you can do like rate limiting. Mm. Um, you can do, I, I believe it like ties into guest portals and stuff like that. Where you can have like a guest come in, pay you know a small fee for the slow network, and then you know pay more and get more speed. So you can you can have a kind of a more flexible setup. Um, I haven't played around too much with the Unifies, but yeah, it seems like a fairly simple like you get chucked into this VLAN if you type in this yeah. password. Um, so I'm curious if they'll go more into like rate limiting and and more differences than just the VLAN tag being different on, you know, the, the this. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I kind of came out of nowhere and it's a, a great feature to have. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, TPLink Amada does support PPSK. Um, I've seen that in their sort of release notes before. So it's... I think it's yeah. As again, again, I never really heard of it before, but it's it's good that they've announced it. Um, and then with seven five one eight seven, we also get a new dashboard for Wi-Fi only setups as well. So if you've just got some switches and a access point you haven't moved or you don't want to move to a UXG or USG, um, it makes better use of that real estate you've got on the screen. So before you'd have some wasted space. Uh, maybe there'd be an advert for a UDM Pro there was before, <laughs> um, and now they've they've if you just want to use Wi-Fi APs, they've got a new sort of some new widgets. So you've got widgets for the most active active clients, the TX rates, right, retries and things, and also the most used or the most common signal strength. So if you've got a lot of clients on really poor signals, you'll see there's a good percentage on there. Um, and then there's also like a nice graph with traffic traffic lists as well, which is really good. I quite like that. Um, it's good to see that they've sort of knowing that a lot of people just use Wi-Fi access points sometimes. Especially at Hostify, we have a lot of customers that just use um, Wi-Fi APs in, in, in enterprise deployments, so that's good. Yeah, and this, um, kind of jumping down the show notes a little bit, but just because we're talking about Unify Network, um, yep. I think this was last week, I forget exactly what day, but there was a, a 10.0 CVE which affected all Dream Machines, um, so mm. not any self-hosted network installs, but basically Dream Machine, Dream Machine Pro, yep. Dreamwall, all of those products. Um, this was fixed in 7.5.187. So if you're running a Unify OS console with an older version, make sure you update to uh, .187 because this was affecting 7.5.176 and earlier. And I didn't really dig into the details. Um, I, I think Tom Lawrence had a video about it and mm. a few other people 
kind of went more in depth, but all they said really is it uh, allows people to implement device adoption with improper access control, creating a risk of access to device configuration information by a malicious actor with pre-existing access to the network. So as far as I can tell, it's all like a local only attack. Mm. Um, so, but a, a 10.0 CVE is a big deal. That's, I mean, the top of the scale. Oh, okay. So it was a, a really bad bug. Um, yeah. Very serious. But it seems, as, as far as I'm aware, it's, it's only local. Um, yeah. But regardless, if you have a Dream Machine, make sure you update. Yeah. We'll link uh, Tom's video in the show notes and also the podcast description. Because, um, uh, yeah, it, it does a good job of explaining what that is because I didn't really understand it from just reading that. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad people like Tom are out there because I... Um, yeah, just just this month, just with Ubiquity knows news, there's mm-hmm. enough to keep track of. Yep. Um, so I'm always happy to turn to you know the experts. He knows a lot about uh, security, yeah. so I would That's true. listen listen to him. Uh, and then we've also got Unify OS 3.2.5, uh, and that affects pretty much all of the Unify OS consoles since since we made the show notes, and they've actually pulled it for some reason since then. So we have a quick look at what that what that is. So that's sort of live feedback just now. Um, yeah, I saw that they pulled... I mean, this was a early access build. This is the first yeah. early access build of 3.2, um, which we were looking forward to because there have been a bunch of recent um, Unified Network application releases where they said, this requires 3.2. Like, I know DNS Shield is one of those features. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that they were changing about the um, the web interface required 3.2 to support. Um, so we knew this was coming. This was the first beta release. It was released four days ago and then pulled. Uh, I didn't see why, did you? Yeah, so I found out, there's a comment from UI Glenn that says, we've pulled back this release. Only a few uh, users will automatically see this upgrade. Manual upgrades are still allowed. It's pulled due to the massive amount of internet outage reported. Reported. We're looking into them. So mm. I guess a lot of people had internet well, good. issues when updating, so not great. Uh, and then we mentioned last episode what DNS Shield was. Um, judging by some of the comments on this show, on this um, release page here, it's something to do with Cloudflare DNS protection, so I guess it's like a secure DNS. I can't remember if we, if we mentioned it last episode, but it's like a... We did. Sort of, yeah, yeah, we did, yeah. It's like someone mentioned it's using Cloudflare, so it's quite interesting. Yeah, and it's uh, DNS over HTTPS. Yeah. So basically Dumb. encrypted. Yeah. Basically, the idea is so that um, your internet service provider or anyone in between can't see what DNS traffic... Um, or see any of your DNS traffic, so they can't tell what website you're going to based on you know your yeah. DNS lookups flying by. Yeah, um, so yeah, that weird that they pulled it. Um, hopefully they you know figure out what the uh, internet outage bug was, but I don't want. I mean, the the big thing about three dot two is yeah DNS shield um, shadow mode is another yeah. big thing that came with three dot two. They have something that they're calling loop prevention which as far as i can tell is just like their um, proprietary version of spanning tree where the other device doesn't need to participate in spanning tree um, mm. but if you have a loop in your network it'll figure it out automatically and, and kind of shut that port to to stop the loop and then the other thing is they added inner space um, that's a new app on a console, so I, I got 3.2 and I haven't had any problems, knock on wood, <laughs> on my dream machine at home. And Interspace is like their, um, it's similar to the design center where you can upload a floor plan, lay out your network, and it's just like a new app built into the Unify OS consoles, I guess. Um, yeah, pretty much. So yeah, all that stuff in 3.2, hopefully there's another 
release out soon that doesn't break people's consoles um and hopefully it hits um you know stable release soon Mm. what i found with that loop protector so my experience spanning tree if you manually remove the the loop so if you unplug the cable that's causing the problem or sort it out whatever the 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 switches will figure out that's happened whereas you said with loop loop protection it says the disabled ports have to be manually re-enabled so it's a bit more it's a bit it is a bit different to spanning tree it says it does not depend on spanning tree um and it will disable ports when neighboring devices don't support stp so i'm not sure what devices wouldn't support stp um i guess i'm not sure what you'd have to have plugged into it uh, maybe like a dumb switch that doesn't support it um yeah I would, yeah unmanaged switches yeah. um you know, crappy IoT equipment. But yep. yeah, spanning tree typically only comes into effect when you have more than one cable, you know, or, or more than one path in the network, basically. Yeah. So I guess this is just um, saying, hey, you can plug whatever dumb device into a unified switch and we'll take care of any loops that happen. Interesting that it shuts the port and you have to kind of manually go mm. re-enable it, but I guess that draws attention to, hey, you have a, you probably have a cabling issue here. Um, and I, I think probably the bigger thing from this is shadow mode, which mm. I know Cody is very excited about. I don't know if you've read <laughs> about seen. that or learned about that more. Yeah. But shadow mode, it's basically hardware redundancy, right? Like it's, um, I don't know if it's like a failover setup where you have, you know, one Dream Machine Pro and the other one's just kind of sitting there ready to go in case it fails, or if it's load balancing between those two. I don't, I, I haven't read too much on the details. Have you? Yeah. So essentially it's, it's not as um, seamless as it seems. So it's going to be, you have your main UDM Pro and then the secondary sort of child UDM Pro will sit beneath the other one. So on its on its LAN interface, so you plug the uh, LAN in, one interface of the second UDM Pro into the LAN interface of the first one. So they're sort of talking to each other. And what they do is they um, they copy their configuration over all the time. So if any, if any config changes, they'll, they'll sort of replicate each other. Uh, they've mentioned that no data or any stats will copy themselves over. Um, and it says any backups will, will be stored as well. But one, one thing I found here, it says, uh, in case a main console fail, customer can click to activate takeover and then replug the cables in. So it's going to require, it's not automatic. I mean, at least this is the initial release of it. It's, yeah, yeah. I, I know people have been clamoring for these kind of things like high availability mm. um, or, or kind of, whatever you want to call it there's a bunch of different terms for this they call it shadow mode yeah and it, it kind of makes sense that it's this kind of like limited manual cutover kind of situation where it seems like it's just literally just a, a second hardware device in the shadows so mm-hmm. i guess it's kind of a good name for it um but it makes sense that you would kind of have to manually fail over like you're you're gonna have to move your wan cable over to that second hardware unit you're gonna have to recable things and kind of adjust things if if the first one fails, I guess, because um, doing doing it the kind of enterprise way, where you have two hardware units, they're both active, um, they fail over seamlessly between each other. Um, that requires, uh, you know, probably multiple public IP addresses, uh, virtual IP addresses shared between them. It's a it's a much more enterprise focused, complicated, <laughs> expensive feature. Um, for you know when you have a a really important device that can you know can have zero downtime Um, so it's good that they're kind of going down that path and and this is maybe just the start of it maybe they'll have something more 
with either future hardware or future software, you know, adding more features to this. But it's, <laughs> I don't, it, it, I'm not sure what to think of it until, you know, we, we kind of see it in action, but it does seem pretty limited. So I don't know if you remember, um, it's still live on the page for it, but the US, USP PDO Pro, that had something called virtual router redundancy teased in a video, and it's on the store page for it. And that, this is different to that. Um, so that that one that makes it sound like you're gonna. It says requires multiple unified gateways. I don't know if that means the UXG Pro because they've renamed their cloud consoles to unified cloud gateways now. Um, <laughs> uh, but that this to me, when I remember the video, but it's the video sort of disappeared. But that would that would have the one the one connection for the modem plugged into the to the Power Pro. And then both of them, I guess, coming into the the two UDMs or two UXG Pros, this they sound a bit different, um, or maybe they'll be merged at some point. I'm not sure what's happening with that, but yeah, it's good that they're doing some sort of fair level. Yeah, and I, I think that there's a a lot of the stories still to be told. Um, so I mean, this was the very first release, um, but with the upcoming hardware, um, they just switched over. They released the first version of Unify Network Eight. Um, that was yes. a, a beta release earlier so yeah i think this upcoming era for unified gateways this is kind of a, a lot of the big features that we're looking at um shadow mode new hardware higher throughput more features um so i, I i'm excited to see what's next and what, what's coming over the next few months for all this stuff yeah 100 percent uh and then you mentioned eight uh unify eight so the, they jumped ahead a lot so we're on 7.5 they missed out six seven eight and nine for some reason uh, but we've gone straight to unify eight uh, not the biggest release I was expecting, but there's a lot of cool stuff in there. The one thing I really like is the way the VLANs are done. Um, so if you're a little bit like me and Evan, but then your background is, is actual like networking in using edge switches and other things. Uh, the the way that VLAN, VLANs are done in Unify is very backward compared to proper switch, well, I guess say proper switches, but like more manual switches like uh, Cisco or whatever. And it seems like they've gone nearly to that interface for managing VLANs I've noticed. So you've sort of got a VLAN picker and you can exactly see what's being tagged and what's native, which I really like. It sort of makes things a lot easier to read because it's a bit cumbersome at the moment. Yeah, I, well, I, uh, yeah, they did jump to eight and I guess because of VLAN viewer, um, yeah. they have a feature called radio manager, which mm. is kind of the same thing for your wireless network. Yeah. Uh, a lot more detail in, in the web interface there. Um, and a bunch of other things, but those were the two that jumped out to me at least. But I think they did the same thing with six, where they had six dot five. I think that was the end of the six train. Then they jumped to seven, and this yeah. is—it's all just made-up numbers. They can, you know, number them however they want. But I think this ticking from seven to eight is kind of a big—you know—I think that's them indicating that this is going to be a big release, and there's a bunch of upcoming stuff that, mm. you know, it's—it's it's kind of a clear line between seven and eight there. So yeah, VLAN viewer, radio manager, um, they mentioned WireGuard VPN client support. So I believe you can have your UDM as a client of another WireGuard server. I think that's the new feature there. I think so, yeah. Um, and a bunch of other things. But yeah, I, version eight, here we go. I guess uh, version se version seven's old now. Yeah. No, I, I like the, as I said, I like the new VLAN um, viewer. It's a, they've said it's an easier way to see native and tag VLANs across your devices. And yeah, and it applies to all the gateways as well. So. It's good that they're going towards that way of doing things because that's a lot. That's how a lot of people know how to do VLANs. Um, so it's yeah. right, and yeah, that, that's because um, way back when they had the like port profiles. Mm -hmm. That's like 
you know, before the new interfaces back in version five, version six, they had the port profiles, which I think a lot of a lot of people were confused with. Um, I forget when it was added. Sometime in version seven, they added. I think it was seven point two, maybe. They added the. Um, I forget what they called it, like the port manager. What, yeah, I think port so. Port viewer, port. Yeah, and that was that was a huge step up. I really liked when they made that change because they made. Um, POE power a lot easier, you know, a lot more prominent. They said, hey, here's your budget, here's how much you're using. And they also made, they kind of got rid of the um, uh, the port profiles, where port profiles are like, this is an AP port, and I want, this is my native network, and this is my tag network, and these mm-hmm. VLANs, blah, blah, blah. The the port manager made that a lot easier, and then I think this is just kind of a, another step down that, where, yeah, the I've only played around with a little, a little bit, but it does seem... Like you get a lot more detail, it's a lot mm. easier to understand. Um, so that, that's a really nice change. And the same thing with the radio manager. Um, oh yeah, that's nice. I'm really impressed with all the all the stuff that they've done to the dashboard, that radio manager, the new feature that's coming in version eight, uh, and just in general, they've they've spent a lot of time improving statistics, improving what's shown in the web interface, uh, making it easier to identify problems. They mm. still have weird <laughs> error messages that don't mean anything or you can't do anything about like you'll just see errors and go huh like uh, anyway uh, there's still things to uh, you know improve there for sure and this is uh you know the first early access build so i'm sure there's bugs in it as well but yeah i'm I'm very impressed with all the investment in making the interface you know prettier yes but also more usable and you know it put more information in there yeah it's good yeah it's good to see good to see it so yeah, have to stay tuned to what what comes later from eight well, through its beta process and eventually to RC and uh, official. So be good. Um, the next one we've got is a release candidate. It's actually now official. Uh, is Unify Access one dot twenty dot thirteen? Um, what was the main things that you mentioned in this one? So you mentioned card management, uh, emergency mode, door unlock options, uh, multi-door chimes and cameras. I also saw that I don't know if it's with this version, but they're going to allow the G4 doorbell to become part of access I think I'm not sure where I saw mm-hmm. that but that's quite good but. yeah when I was looking um, before all the you know releases the 7.5 yep. um version 8 the 3.2 like middle of the month I was looking at releases and it seemed like access talk um, some of the other Unify applications were getting most of the attention I, that, I guess now looking back that was because these yeah. <laughs> bigger releases were coming. But yeah, I saw Access and Talk had a couple updates. And speaking of big jumps, they went from 1.9 all the way up to 1.20, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah. So speaking yeah, of did. arbitrary num- yeah. number jumps. Um, but yeah, I, it seemed like Access is, is coming along. I, I don't use that hardware, so I don't pay no. attention to it too much. Um, but I know like for you, you're really interested in Talk and, and coming to the UK officially and all the, the other stuff. So mm. There was that uh, 2.1.9. Is it still? It's still not available in the UK, right? No, the store still says the, the official store everywhere just says uh, Q3, 2023, which we're now in Q4. Um, right. I think, yeah. Um, so no, it's not there yet. And they announced. I think we mentioned last episode that they they delayed it until further notice. Well, not further notice, but delayed it slightly, becoming out soon. They haven't updated the store yet, but um, yeah, with Unify Talk, there's a lot of stuff in here. So 2.1.9. Um, you've got a new phone designer. Um, so you, if you've got those full screen phones, you can choose wallpapers for everyone. Uh, ringtones, app availabilities, you can restrict access to certain apps for certain people on different, those phones. 
Um, there's now more information about where the call has come from. So you got um, on those on the Touch Max on the UP on the UTP Touch as well. Uh, and then there's better support for group call routing as well. Um, there's a lot of stuff here to do with, I guess, some sort of standards. You've got A2P. 10 DLC, something to do with registering SMS numbers. Um, so it says that. Oh, I think it's to do with spam spam filtering, by the look of things. Um, so you've got carriers in the United States consider all Unified Talk SMS traffic to be ATP. So, um, and they've started blocking SMS messages from unregistered phone numbers. So, it looks like something to do with spam filtering. I think. Not, I'm not too sure what that means, but. Yeah, and in general, I mean, this one release is kind of interesting i i yeah. i like that that they're still you know to me they're still a networking company and these are kind of like hobbies to them you know yeah. like access control doorbells uh phones you know in the past they i remember the the first time they had voip phones they kind of went away and there was like not really much detail there so it, i'm glad that they're still actively developing this like unify access gaining an api uh, like that seems like a big deal to me. Yeah, they definitely are clearly investing a lot in these, so I, I think that's good for the people that are either on the fence considering them. Like these are actively developed; they mm. are viable solutions for a lot of people. And the people that already have the equipment, at least they're not, you know, <laughs> getting abandoned like the, the the first time they they tried VoIP. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not too sure if there's been like a, a change of heart inside the company where, like we mentioned, the Solar Point has come out, come has risen from the dead. Um, it it might be that. They've no—I don't know what it is. They might be—they might have noticed that certain things have been stagnant, and there are people that actually use it, and they're sort of renewing their focus on certain things. Um, but I—I I don't know why it's happening. We'll, we'll never find out. But it's—it's it's good anyway. So. <laughs> right, like Edge Switch X models got 1.5.2, which was just a small security fix. Yep. Um, there was a new version of UISP with a bunch of uh, mostly CRM improvements. Yep. Yeah, so it's like they, as a company, they have so many products over so many different areas. It's probably, at least it seemed like for the past couple of years, they kind of had difficulty keeping them all going. And I, I think they've done a better job of that recently and kind of a, a clear sense of purpose about, you know, Unify is definitely the main thing. Um, and Unify is mostly networking, but they also have all these other areas where they're spreading Unify out to. And I, I think there was uh, some some growing pains with, with that change, but I, I think they're kind of hitting their stride now and they, they've been pushing out a lot of a lot of good software updates recently. Yeah, definitely. Um, and one change, one software update that came out today was um, UISP switch 1.6.0 beta 3, and it adds a GUI to, the, to those two models. So you've got the UISP switch and the UISP switch pro. As far as I was aware, they weren't going to do GUIs for the um, UISP switches, but they've it looks like it's a well actually i'm wrong when they did the uisp switch beta when they did the, the those uisp switches in the beta store they, they did originally have a modified edge switch x gui uh, that people mentioned um and this one looks like it's basically just a modified version of that again um but it's good because um there are people that want to use the gui locally and it sort of restricts otherwise it's restricted it to the uisp application but that's no, it's good there's some other improvements in there as well yeah, that's wild. I didn't I didn't see that until you just pointed it out right now. Um, yeah, the, the UISP hardware line still kind of gives me a headache when I try to think about it. Because um, it, it was 
yeah, it, it, I think they made a lot of promises originally about, um, you know, they want to keep Edge Max people happy with the level of features that they had there. And when UISP switches and routers came out originally, they were very limited, very buggy. Um, they didn't have a local web interface. I think that there was, originally there wasn't a command line to configure, and then I think the there was, switches yeah. gained it. Yep. Gained, yeah. It's, it's just been weird. And then the fact that the UISP switch has been out for, what, a year or two at least? And now, just right now, they're adding a local web interface. So... <laughs> cool yep it's good. i'm i'm very happy to see that because yeah i guess this basically means you can use a uisp switch without a uisp controller or you yep. know like a, a server running somewhere and you can have it kind of mm. as a standalone device so in theory is, yeah sure. does that like i i want to know the details about you know does that limit the features you can use are mm. there you know do you have to like convert it over into like uisp mode versus local mode like, yeah i want to know how that works but very interesting. Yeah, and also the setup process. I remember um, the setup process is that for those switches, you scan a QR code, it finds a switch, and then the next step is to add it to the controller. So I'm wondering is you upgrade the devices and they just have a local GUI and you add the key like you do with a USB uh, edge switch. So we shall see right. what happens there. Um, I'm I've, sure. I've USP, uh, UISP switch somewhere. I'll have to dig it out. And yeah, play I've, I've got it. one as well, so we'll have to see how, how that goes. Um, we mentioned Unify Talk in the UK uh just recently, um, but there was a, I forgot I even added this, added this to the show notes, it says Ubiquiti has pushed Unified Talk UK launch back to the end of October, and end of October is when we're recording, uh, so we still see what happens there. And this is re in relation to a community post that um, one of the Ubiquiti team put on the forum. And they said, we are close to a UK launch, hoping to have it in EA by the end of October, so in the next three or four days, it should make its way to the EA stage of the forums i'm not too sure if that's even going to happen but we shall see well yeah i mean if they don't even have a store why would they launch it if they can't even sell the hardware yeah um, i mean for you already have you already have some unified talk stuff that you got imported right yeah i, I bought um it's been sort of discontinued but it's the the flex phone the plastic phone that sort of disappeared right and then the i've got a couple of atas as well so i've used them with local numbers uh, like um internal numbers only but we shall see what happens but yeah well yeah hopefully hopefully they sort out their uk problems yeah not too sure what's happening there but hopefully it gets improved <laughs> um and there's a bunch of new accessories as well i know uh cody noticed there was a uh keystone keystone jack um or keystone blanking plate that was added to the store as well but i noticed i noticed there were some unified dust covers um so these are <laughs> Like a little accessory in Ubiquiti, say it's a it's a way to get everything uniformed in a uniform aesthetic with the unified rack mount equipment. Um, but it, they're little plastic uh, dust covers for the RJ45 port. So I guess if you've got a dusty environment um, with maybe woodwork going on, you want you don't want all that stuff entering the unit the switch port. So you can buy those, and they're a pack of pack of 24 for 19 dollars in the US. Yeah, that's um, I cute little accessory. Mm. I, I I'm. I, those are totally optional and you have to buy them like I, yep i wonder if they'll for like maybe the enterprise switches maybe they'll come in the box because you know I'm, I'm used to port covers for sfp modules yeah or, or slots but for you know just ethernet ports unless it's a dusty environment um yeah this is definitely a <laughs> for aesthetics uh, yep. thing yeah and it, it reminds me of the 
I, I think they still sell them the, and I, I forget if they still name them the OCD panels, which are like the the blank rack panels. Do they still have those too? I don't know if they're called OCD. Oh, they are as well. Actually. I think they are. Yeah, which seems like a little. Uh, yeah, they are. I don't know. Little. <laughs> Odd. uncomfortable that they call them yeah. that OCD panels because it's like kind of making fun of people but um, uh, yeah. yeah you can buy blank panels you can buy uh, port covers yep. they they have no shortage of accessories that you can add on yeah it's good and then there was a someone I didn't even see any pictures of it but someone mentioned there was some new US, uh, new USP wave equipment uh, shown off at the um, Whisper Palooza the other week and this is the USP Wave Pro. When the USP Wave platform was announced last year, they had a YouTube video, and this was one of the devices that was launched with it. Uh, and this is sort of a long-range point-to-multipoint client for the 60 gigahertz platform they've got. Uh, and this is now being listed to the store. It's coming soon. Uh, it's got a range of 15K when connecting as a point-to-multipoint station, and then range of 8 kilometers when connecting to a Wave AP for point-to-multipoint as well. Um... So that's yeah, it's good. It's sort of got SF. It's got a ten gig SFP SFP plus port, uh, two two point five gig Ethernet ports as well. Not sure why you need two. Maybe bridging, uh, and yeah, it's an, on sale now for five ninety nine in the US. So it's good that they're expanding that platform. I haven't had chance to use some of the other devices, but I've used the Wave AP and the Wave Lite. I think it's called. Um, but yeah, it seems pretty solid. Yeah, 60, 60 gigahertz stuff, um, like that ubiquity calls it wave, but yeah, 60 gigahertz from any vendor. It's it's great for short, really fast links. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's awesome that they have this new model here. And if I'm understanding correctly, it can be used in a point-to-point -point setup. So you can just buy two of them and yeah. have a point-to-point -point bridge, or you can use it with the, the Wave AP or Wave AP Micro. That's right. Yeah. Um, not cheap. Ooh. No. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the price you pay for long distance. Yeah, what two two point five gig, and then one ten gig SFP. Yeah, I mean that it's it's a pretty high end model, um, mm -hmm. and it's nice to see Wave kind of continuing to expand. Yeah, if you got if you got no if you're a Wisp and you got no other option of feeding customers, that people will pay for that sort of service really. Um, if they don't want to go starting. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you'll you have to worry about rain and distance, uh, yep. like always with six gigahertz, sixty gigahertz. But um, yeah, for for us, I know a problem we ran into is is five gigahertz was just a mess. Mm -hmm. So if if your five gigahertz bands are are saturated or you, you need a lot more throughput, um, this is good equipment to look into. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Um, yeah, we mentioned the the last time we had was a CVE ten, but we mentioned that earlier in the in the episode. Um, and that's all the news and all the software bits and pieces that Ubiquiti have launched this month. Um, last thing I want to cover is anything else that we've been working on ourselves. I know you've got two or three, we've got two different guides that you've published recently on the on your website. So yeah, so I like I mentioned earlier, I, I made a post about um, looking at the Pro Eight Poe, the new the new Unify switch, and comparing that to a bunch of different vendors. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also, <laughs> I I've been updating my Wi-Fi access point guide. Um, for Unify, I was just kind of putting in the new comparison charts that I was making, but <laughs> I spent a lot of time like reading through all the text, and there was a lot of older advice. Um, mm. I, I kind of cleaned that all up, so there's, you know, kind of less focus on the AC Wave One, you know, the, like the AC Lite, the AC Pro. Um, I, those are kind of less important now. So I, I I spent a lot of time updating that, um, adding a few new newer models like the Enterprise in Wall, um, things like that. So. It's all updated. Awesome. 
Yeah, and I, I've published a it's quite a simple list of basically which cameras work with Unified Protect, but I couldn't find a definitive definitive list from anywhere that listed all the different models of Unified cameras that work with Unified Protect because it's if you looked at anywhere you, you you were under the impression that the G2 cameras wouldn't work with Unified Protect anymore, and that isn't the case. I've tested one at home and it still works. Um, so when Unified Protect was launched, they said yes, it's going to work with G2, and those were never removed. And then there's a load of different variations, different products. You had like the UVC G3, and there was also like a random G3 AF that was like a SKU that was launched at some point. Um, so there's a nice definitive list of which all the different models of cameras and accessories and NVR devices that work with Protect. So I thought it'd be quite helpful for people to, to use a resource just to double check that their camera they've got is going to work with Protect, which is good. Yeah, sometimes the simple list is very helpful. Yep. And that, G2 cameras, is that like Unify video? Yeah, days, so the, like before Protect. Yeah, the old um, UVC stuff. So the the old first generation mm -hmm. dome, that little micro, which they had a golf ball in the marketing pictures next to. I don't remember that one. And then that, that big, huge like pro camera. Um, the only ones that don't work with Protect are what they consider G1, so the old AirCam devices. Mm. Um, we had, uh, yes, yeah, so we've had, we're on our third generation of Unify camera system now. Actually, AirCam, video, and then Protect. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm honestly surprised that. I mean, it's a, how how complicated could a camera be? You know, even though know. it's old, like the G2 stuff. I'm good that they're still supporting them. I mean, you, the you G2 know, bullet is crap it, <laughs> compared to <laughs> compared to like a G, yeah. even just a G3. It's it's rubbish. Um, but yeah, it was, it, I bought one on eBay a while back just to play with, and it works. So that, just so, bad uh, bad image quality, or why is it crap? Yeah, it's the night vision on it's really bad. It's very um the colours on it are very really washed out. It might be a bad unit, but I never know. But it's very, very poor quality, but it is of its time, I guess. And then they're also supported Yeah, yeah they're also twenty four volt only. And I want oh, okay. Yeah. I, I would love if um you know how they had those ads on Unified Network for like, you know, for the best experience, get a Dream Machine Pro. Yep. It should be like when you plug in a G two camera to Unify Protect it says for the best experience don't use this camera. Buy something newer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, it's funny, but yeah, the, yeah, it's quite impressive that impressive they've gone back that far um, with stuff, which is really good. Because I guess there's some old deployments out there which have people have moved from video to protect, and it, yeah, it's good that they're supposed. Yeah, I wonder if anyone's. Uh, I'm sure there's someone somewhere still using AirCam. Mm. Yeah, I've, it's before before the time I discovered Ubiquiti, so I've never had a chance to use it. And the GUI looks quite weird. I've found some pictures somewhere, but yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um yeah, thanks thanks Evan for joining me on the on the show again. Um it's been good to talk about all the Ubiquity stuff again. And then as always, you can find this podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. For a full description of this show, visit the episode link in the show notes. And of course, check out those chapters complete with images to make your listening experience much more enjoyable. We also have an ad-free premium version of this show available on Apple Podcasts. That will help support this episode and future podcasts from the interface. Once again, thanks, Evan, for joining me on this show, and we'll see you again next time. Thanks.